You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the Cooligans. In the first segment, we're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about Montreal versus Columbus. We talk about Seattle and Chicago. We talk about Bastion Schweinsteiger throwing a little shade at his own teammates. We also talk about Polanco winning everything at the AOBX FIFA tournament. And also, is there foreskin in moisturizer? Oh, boy. Yeah, that is all in the first segment. In the second segment, we talk about <laughs> we talk to Steve Zakuani. He's the former uh, Seattle Sounder uh, player. He was drafted by the Seattle Sounders. He's currently the sideline reporter for the team. And we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about grime. We talk about growing up in Tottenham. We talk about uh, a career-ending uh, injury and how he's recovering and how he's just a great dude. He's one of the homies now. Yeah, and in the third segment, he also regrets being on our podcast. <laughs> well, we talk about Houston versus Vancouver, Red Bull versus LA Galaxy, and also we beg you to subscribe to all of us and everything we do on every channel that we're on. Please, that please, and, please, yeah, please, please hit please. all those buttons. That and more on this episode of the Cool Again! Hey, this is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than the Cooligans. Hey, everybody. What's yeah. up, guys? It's the guys girls. Cooligans. Guys and girls. Guys and girls. We, we're very actively trying to uh, grow a female audience. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we're trying to get girls in this van. <laughs> in this Cooligans van. It's a, but don't worry, ladies. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an electric car. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's safe. <laughs> and uh, right now, Tropic Sounders and Kale Parker are going nuts. <laughs> Looking up gifts with vans in it. Uh-huh. Come to the Airbnb. All right. Uh, welcome welcome <laughs> to the show, everybody. Welcome to the Cooligans. Again, your favorite stand-up comedians who host the soccer podcast. That hosts this, the gulliest soccer podcast. That's right. It is the gulliest. And if you are in the Midwest and don't know what you're, we're talking about, go to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, whatever scares your grandparents. That's gully. <laughs> All right. It's like... Uh, this podcast is like bringing a black boyfriend home <laughs> yeah, to your Republican senator dad. <laughs> That's who we are. What up, family? Got anything in the fridge? <laughs> That's us. Hi, my name is Alexis. <laughs> hey, I'm Christian. Hey, what's up? We're with we're with your daughter now. <laughs> and we're the cool again. What's good, mom? Yeah. And maybe mom, too. Okay, I see where you get her from, young lady. Oh, man. So, oh, boy. Look, yeah, we, we have have a good time here uh, you know we, we we try we don't take ourselves too seriously we try not to <laughs> uh but uh, another another fun week uh yeah a bunch of stuff so much stuff happening. so much stuff is happening um it's like you know like a lot of plates are spinning which i like i yeah, like that this this little this little cooligans uh, little project this it's, little experiment you know, little, <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming work yeah i mean they're actually asking us to like do stuff now <laughs> um so yeah, uh, just a little uh, a little sneak peek on a little bit of the hype. Again, we mentioned this I think a little bit last week, but Cooligans merchandise uh, will be happening soon. Oh, it'll be coming to you. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna post when all those those things are happening, uh, and and make sure make sure you pick up pick up a little uh, gift for the family. You know, just a. Uh, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a gift that uh, obviously will warm everybody's heart. They'll be like, you give them a Cooligan shirt, and they'll be like. Dad, what is this? Right. <laughs> but then you explain to them. But how did I not know that I needed this my entire <laughs> life? So, uh, so that's going to be exciting. So that's a you know uh, we just want to get everybody's mouth watering. We got a little bit of little little some some. <laughs> you guys can take a piece of the Cooligans home. Oh yeah. Huh? Normally we would uh, offer our bodies. Yeah. Normally we would leave a little piece of ourselves <laughs> in your home. 
but we're allowing you to just purchase a small piece of us. Yeah, exactly. So we're selling foreskin in a glass. No, No, we're not. Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's a... We're very giving. It's a respected business. Yeah. Uh, What do you think's in your moisturizer, bro? Uh, It's all foreskin. It's true. Anyway. Did you know that? um, No, I don't. There's no way this is true. 100% true. Google it. There is so, a lot of foreskin and beauty products. There's tons foreskin and beauty products. And <laughs> a lot. What are the like a lot? What, <laughs> what are the, the? I would say it's actually all just blended up foreskin. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> what are the just positive? a Nutribullet or whatever those things are? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why did we get off the rails <laughs> so fast? Very quickly. Uh, what are the positive attributes uh, of foreskin and beauty products? Uh, I would say first comes the fore and then the skin. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's good foreskin. Uh, good foreskin. Okay. Uh, no, really, honestly, uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Hot pun alert. Hot <laughs> Wordplay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need a meaty board. I just realized that. I'm going to get a meaty board and you're going to hate it. Um, a, a meaty board, like M I D I. No, no, I know what you meant. M E A T Y. Imagine that. a charcuterie plate, and you're like, mur, mur, mur. and I'm like, just got prosciutto in my mouth. I'm like, I told you I was getting a meaty board. Uh, we need we need both of those actually. Yeah, um, it's uh, I think it's like a like it has all like um like the skin rejuvenation stuff in okay, it. Okay, um, I'm I'm gonna go with this. There's no way this is true. What you have a laptop I'm in not, front of you? Look I it up. Have, no, because <laughs> put I'm, that in your. I search. don't want to see the results I get. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm, uh, there's no way I'm looking this up. That is not moisturizer, sir. That is not moisturizer. But apparently, good for the skin. Uh, anyway, put that in your search history. Uh, the NSA is like, all right, Christian's turn. Christian has turned. We got something on him. Yeah, the NSA just bu- busts through. Like FBI is like, this soccer yeah. podcast is over. Yeah, yeah. But what you looking at, fam? <laughs> anyway. We we I I had a good uh, weekend. A uh, bunch of things happened, but one of the things was uh, I, you know we got an invite <laughs> from uh, the American Outlaws. Oh yeah, in the- AOBX. And I started, you know, look. American Outlaws, people know, you know, obviously those are the supporters for, of the U.S. men's national team. Right. But you got to realize that even in the boogie down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outlaws, uh, the American Outlaws are there. Oh, my God. And yeah. they're, they're double. I mean, it, it's like Outlaw Dude, squared. Yeah, yeah. Dude showed up. was like, yo, this is where we meet, fam. Like, they got knives and shit. Like, no, no, no. We're soccer fans. Whatever you want to call yourselves, bro. <laughs> Who do I talk to? Who's the plug around here? <laughs> so, yeah, you got to keep, uh, you know, uh, American Outlaws obviously have chapters right. all, all over the country. Cute name in Kentucky, right? Perfectly fine name in Columbus, Ohio. Exactly. In the Bronx. In the Bronx. <laughs> it's, it's, a little, yeah. it's a little different. Yeah, certainly you don't want to go anywhere near the Latin American Outlaws. Those are a very different group. Very different group. They do not do FIFA competitions. <laughs> very much. Yeah. yeah, they're very different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we got an invite, obviously, from uh, Andy behind. Oh yeah, uh, who, is who a, came to our birthday party also? Came, yes, turn. Did I? You know, you know who uh, Phil from Chico is, right? I do know Phil. Phil, from if Chico. you guys don't know who Phil from Chico is, uh, you know the guy that was in high school in every good high school movie who. You don't have to. You don't have to write that he's high. You just know yeah. he's perpetually it's high. Given. That's this His, guy, right? Because the the guy in the movie is called Phil from Chico. Yeah, so we know, yeah, yeah. We know that he is. <laughs> it's synonymous. <laughs> so Andy Bahanya and his girl Mariana were just sitting there, and he walked in, and I from from a few feet away, mm-hmm. I see them have a warm embrace and have a conversation. And in my back of my head, I'm like. 
How do they know each yeah. other? Maybe he must live in the Bronx or something. So I walk up and I was like, wait, how do you guys know each other? This is a comedian and a degenerate comedian and two big passionate NYCFC fans who are fans of ours as well. And uh, they're like, oh, we don't know each other at all. And I'm like, you guys are like hugging. First of all, he was the only mer- person in that small group that walked in that you hugged and had all this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we just looked at him and knew he was high. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. And that's enough for an embrace. They're like, yeah, we want to get him smoked out. Yeah. He, he walked in and he's a, he's a tall white guy with like shaggy hair. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's a given. It's yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> yeah. He might as well just have, you know, have a pot leaf uh, tattooed on his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> or when his, his ringtone is smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> so we got an invite uh, from them. Also, Kevin Foy, who's a uh, part of AO uh, Bronx. So I, didn't, I didn't know he was a part of uh, American Outlaws at yeah, the time, man. but he, yeah, he was, and we were uh, uh, hanging out there. So we got to ha- hang out with Kevin, Kevin Foy, a uh, uh, big fan of uh, yeah, FIFA the News yeah. and, uh, and the podcast, a good dude. Uh, but uh, I went... And he got to see the real. <laughs> <laughs> I went, and uh, Alexis couldn't make it. He had a show in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about it after. But uh, I... Uh, I, I, I kind of just ran through this tournament. I mean, I really... <laughs> so you bodied them. <laughs> yeah, what did you... You told me... You sent me the score line. It was like 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. <laughs> I was like, you were, you were getting better as the night went on. <laughs> yeah, so I won the American Outlaws Bronx FIFA tournament. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it was an honor to be there. A lot of... Uh, People knew who I was. They knew the Cooligans. They were very supportive. They knew who they were like, uh, why isn't Alexis here? Uh, so you can embarrass him in front of us. Oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> apparently there was a couple fill-in Alexis's that night. So it wasn't just me. And this is what I love about it. This is retribution for me. People think I'm bad at the game. I'm not bad at the game. You're just really good at the game. Yeah, I, I will say that, yeah, they there were a couple really good games amongst the other players. Right. Because, uh, you know, they were sort of even... Yeah, it's like a high school basketball tournament, but then one team has Shaq on it. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I think that one. I think that team's gonna be, gonna do a little better than everyone else. Yeah, I think they. Th- this is what I know, and and you know, I don't know how. Obviously, FIFA is a very popular game, and sure. we we don't talk we don't talk about it too much at length. You know, in this podcast, no. But it's a it's a big part of our lives. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, and it's a big part of soccer fandom. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for the last easily uh, ten years, I've I've played. FIFA almost religiously, right? Yeah, and and ever since it's been like an Xbox 360 and Xbox One, just I mean, I, I, it's gotten to just a, a whole nother level. Yeah, um, and and yeah, the, these uh, the people I played just were not about that life. Nah, you know what man. I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just they're not comedians with tons of extra time on their hands <laughs> with zero uh, day jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that can do. that can perfect their skills <laughs> at the game. Yeah, and um, yeah, overall, this is what I would say about uh, the, the the different and and I this is why I get mad at you about when we play is is the lack of patience defensively. You know, I, this is not, now I'm gonna sound like a you know like you're Patrick Vieira giving a coach. Yeah, you're a FIFA coach now. <laughs> this is you. Did you get your FIFA coaching license? <laughs> I should my credentials. Yeah, your EA, your I'm EA waiting for my coaches. credentials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's at license B for EA. <laughs> so. I uh, that's what I noticed the most from a lot of the players, even the people who were who were uh, the, the like the, the the people who won last year and things like that. I was uh, they just they were just so impatient defensively that that that's really the issue. It's like I, I would make a couple of passes uh, uh, around and they would just run at defenders and e- easily make one, two passes and burn people. And that's what leads to a five nothing 
uh, you know, score line. You thought this was going to help. This sounds really <laughs> condescending. You it, just bodied this entire room of people <laughs> who all get along and are friends. And you're like, let me explain to you the small thing I did here. Because uh, you all sucked. But let me explain exactly how you all suck. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and for... Uh, now people are realizing that I'm the nice one on this podcast. Look, for $99.95, uh, <laughs> come to my uh, FIFA coaching school uh, and I will show you all the ins yeah. and outs on how to play this it's, game. Uh, it's actually called FIFA for Dummies. And and you're the dummies. So walk in, grab your dunce cap, and sit down and watch as Christian Polanco breaks it down. <laughs> but I had a good time. Uh, very fun. Uh, good they seem people. like a great group to hang out with. Yeah, I had a very good time. So uh, thank you again, uh, AO Bronx, for the invite. And, AOBX. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and now and the Cooligans now run the Bronx. Yeah, so man. What are you going to yeah. do? We're the Terror Squad, son. <laughs> <laughs> we run the Bronx. And we're going all the way up. Uh, that's enough references for that. Yep. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I could not go because I was at Cove Haven. I was in Cove Haven. Uh, if you don't know what that is, if you don't live in Pennsylvania or anywhere near it, or if you don't have dirtbag family members, uh, it's this place from like, I think the 80s, where it's like the heart-shaped beds and like the the martini glass, uh, like uh, hot tubs. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Remember yeah. Mount Airy commercials back in the day? Mount Airy, love, uh, all you have to bring is your, your love, love of everything. everything. <laughs> Remember those commercials where like everything is like really cheesy? People outside of the tri-state area were like, what are these idiots talking Google about? Google it. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube has the commercials for Yeah, it. Mount Airy Lodge was, uh, was, yeah, was a commercial. It's a fuck palace, all right? It's an <laughs> 80s fuck palace. It's exactly what it is. You go there. It's a heart-shaped bed. You're not going there to take a nice nap, okay? You're going there to explore holes you didn't know he wanted to go into in your body all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so they had they told me i get a free room no thank you <laughs> i'm not touching anything in that room <laughs> i left brooklyn at four o'clock in the afternoon to get there at seven it's a two and a half hour drive but i thought maybe i'll hit a little traffic i left at four maybe like 408 maybe max i got there at 825 whoa that's how much traffic i hit getting through the city and some of you guys are going oh if you're in brooklyn you should have went through Staten Island. there was already traffic over there so i thought let me go this way and i used google maps but the further i made the show it started i was told to get there at 8 30 right okay, okay so i didn't even i wanted to get the room just to change in it and then go to the show and that's it that's all i was going to use the room for it's just like close the door let me get changed right here and then go i, I ran right straight to the venue it's called the champagne palace of mm. course it is right not bad that's what drake hangs out <laughs> champagne poppy poppy palace the champagne <laughs> poppy palace uh so i walk in and they're like oh the show doesn't start for another hour Oh boy, don't you hate when that happens. So, but it's like not enough time for me now to go get a room. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of these things where like it looks like a campus. There's like little buildings everywhere. It's not like one big building. It's in the middle of the woods in, in Pennsylvania. So they have like in the Pocono. So they have tons of space. So the show was fine. There wasn't that many people. But I said to them, I said, hey, I get a meal, right? So like, can I order now? And they're like, oh, you have to wait until the waiter comes up. All right. Show starts. No waiter. I'm the middle act, so I do 35 minutes. Then the headliner does an hour, right? So I get off, and I was like, all right, uh, who do I put my order through? And they're like, oh, no, there's just one serving. You know, the kitchen just makes whatever gets ordered, and that's it. So the kitchen's closed now. They were served during the open, like the, the oh, first yeah, yeah. The host. So I was like, wait, you told me that a waiter was going to come up. And they're like, yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. So what am I going to do now? So now I have to drive home two and a half hours at 10 o'clock at night. And the only thing there was to eat was McDonald's. I ate McDonald's for the first time in eight years. And guess how much my stomach enjoyed that. Oh, oh boy. Hold on. You, Alexis Guerrero's, had fast 
food? Uh, yes. I oh my know. god! It wasn't artisan Italian uh, from from Napoli delivered. From <laughs> Listen, if I could have called, <laughs> if I could have called, because look, look, everyone, you, you know, you were talking about me being like some FIFA FIFA snob. When it comes to food, right? Alexis, I know is what I'm talking about. The FIFA <laughs> motherfucking snob. I am. I know what I'm talking about. I know where there's good food, and that's why I live in a city like New York. If I ever suggested going to some fast food place, Alexis will lose his mind. Go crazy. All I ate was breakfast that day. Oh, you poor poor thing. And by the way, here's what I had for breakfast. I had a pork. (laughs) I had crumbled pork, right? With um, a little bit of corn, a little bit of... uh, of um, what are green beans in it, right? A little bit of seasoning in there, right? It's not bad. I browned it up real nice in a pan. Then in that brown, in that fat, I cooked the eggs, and then I folded those eggs into the into the um into the pork, and then I put that on sourdough bread, and that was my sandwich for breakfast. Now, if anyone is curious why Alexis weighs what he does, you know exactly why. And if you're curious as to why Christian doesn't weigh anything near that, you know why. It's because he has complete disdain for food. This has nothing to do with soccer. We've been talking for 20 minutes about nothing but about food and tournaments. Um, but okay. you won the tournament. What did you win? Did you win anything? I won a copy of FIFA 17. Oh, no, seriously? I swear. <laughs> Obviously, you're good at that game already. What is the- why would I? You know, maybe we'll give it away or something like that. That's like, like that. winning a pie eating contest. What do you win? A pie. <laughs> you want a pie, baby? What an honor. <laughs> Come on, get in here. Yes, there's other pies. I also got an uh, uh, um, uh, Ale Bronx uh, s- scarf. We had those already. But that's what I won. I'm just telling you what I won. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are you going to win? Your they, girlfriend? <laughs> they, did, they didn't expect me to win. Yeah. That's really <laughs> well, now they know. You You done learned them, son. Now I'm holding the title. Uh, and uh, we'll You see. got that belt. Well, I'm coming for that belt next year. We'll see who's going who's gonna to get it. All right. So uh, let's, get, let's get to the show. Also, obviously, this is a, 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 an exciting episode because we will be talking to Steve Zakwani. Yeah. Former player. Former player. Current. Uh, he's a sideline reporter for the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. North London. Born and raised. Uh, he was not born. He was born in the Congo. Right. Born in the Congo. North London raised. Exactly. <laughs> so he's a gooner. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a great conversation. And if you don't really know, cool. if you don't know who Steve Zakwani is, obviously he, yeah, he he played, he was drafted uh, by the Sounders, yeah, and uh, and I believe in oh eight, oh seven, give or take. So I think it was twenty ten. Oh, was it that late? Yeah, okay. okay. Twenty ten was his rookie season. He's just a beast. He's he was he was incredible. Suffered a really bad injury, but you're gonna hear all about that in the second. Exactly, that, and that's the thing. His his story is just very very fascinating and uh, and inspiring. Uh, I mean, he he suffered a terrible, terrible injury uh, yeah, playing the Colorado Rapids, uh, you know, a few years ago, and it, and it, it made his career a lot shorter. And the he had- Colorado Stoke City Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was uh, incredible. So we have a, a conversation with him in the second segment. So uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about some MLS. That's right, MLS. baby. MLS. MLS. Uh, so many syllables in Spanish. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um. Look, this was a a really great weekend of games. Uh, a lot of uh, Western, uh, you know, Eastern Conference against Western Conference matches. Yeah, and um, road matches for some. Uh, Matthew Doyle, who we spoke to a couple uh, weeks ago, uh, he had put out a I think he wrote an article about just how how, how the, the the balance of power seems to be shifting. Remember the last few years, the Western Conference has always been right uh, very dominant, but the Eastern Conference. Houston right now is is looking really good. Obviously, with Toronto, uh, I mean they they just refuse to lose. They're they're not losing any games. Yeah, Uh, uh, but are they on a record pace right now? I think they're on a record pace. They they won six in a row. 
Jeez. I know he mentioned, uh, Matthew Dorb mentioned a, a week ago that uh, when they were at five in a row, that no no team won five games in a row last season. Uh, so I don't know what the record is for uh, of a winning streak in yeah. the MLS, but uh, I, I, it seems like Toronto's getting close. And everyone that. was worried about Javinko and Outdoor playing together. I mean, geez. Yeah, they're, do, they're doing just fine. And to St. Ricketts, man. To St. Ricketts? I don't know how you pronounce it. Ricketts, man. Just don't, don't say anything French ever. Yeah, crickets <laughs> over there. To St. Um, but let's... Uh, Croissant. Let's start with the other... Um, uh, Canadian team, Oof. because Montreal, who uh, it's it, this season has been so, uh, and maybe this is why we love MLS so much. Yeah, it, it's just that from year to year, it's just th- that you have no clue what's happening. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Uh, there's no uh, consistency from year to year. You know, like in the, in the NBA, for the most part, it's you know, it's it's LeBron, it's Curry, the the Cavaliers, the Warriors. Like you know, you know what to expect. Exactly. Right. There, there is. It, and it's and it's odd because even in the MLS, there's there's not gr- like these grand changes where like six or seven players are now on a, on a squad where they where they the, like right. the lineups change that much. It could be like one or two guys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the team is just in the la- in last place. Yeah. I mean, look at like the Rebels are going through the same thing. And there's a lot of clubs that are going through this. You you move away one player, and I think it's the, the cap makes the depth is so important, right? But you the people at the bottom are sort of you you have to front load so heavily that if you lose one of those front load players if you lose one of those first 11 or 12 players that are really really essential to your club and it's really more like 7 or 8 if you lose one of them i mean you just go down in shambles and the thing is is that one other person gaining an additional one of those you know they level up a little higher you know what yeah. i mean uh, and, and montreal is just oof what a struggling yeah so uh, montreal played columbus and for the most part there's this been there's just been this disappointing uh, these disappointing results for Montreal yeah. where they they uh, they can't uh, yeah they can't sort of replicate that form that they had last last season. I mean we saw them uh, we went to the 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 uh, playoff game against Toronto and you know they were up but they won three two but they were up three nothing and, right. and ended up uh, conceding two and, you know and we know that they lost in in the, in the second leg but for the most part Montreal was. A pretty good team. I mean, they looked good uh, and pretty consistent throughout the year. Right now, they they're in they're, in, they're just in last place. I mean, that's everybody knows that's the Philadelphia Union spot. Why are you taking? Yeah, it, why are you taking up? They, they belong. They're so rude. <laughs> they, they want to be piled on top of. Like. Get about their house, son. <laughs> they're doing so much better too. But I feel bad for Montreal also because. I think that was the best. That was my favorite away trip I think I've ever had. As much as I loved MLS Cup. There was something really special yeah, Mo- about the Montreal trip. Those fans, man. Yeah, yeah. They- Watch the video. Watch the video of us going to them. I mean, they 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 really put on a show. Uh, so Montreal, obviously, they played Columbus and uh, they lost three to two. Uh, Justin Miram. Justin Miram just kind of just I mean went off. He- Promised his mom a goal and was like, "Baby girl, I got you three. <laughs> You probably wouldn't call your mom baby girl, but whatever. That's yeah. right. It was Mother. Happy Mother's Day again to uh, our four female listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that probably do not have children no. also. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah. Who would be without you? <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, 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 like, I, I, I like watching Montreal. I uh, for, uh, Just on any given day, they're a good team that, that uh, uh, they, they provide like a, a, an entertaining product. Yeah. Uh, for, Nacho Piatti. I mean, Nacho, we're, we're like, yeah, we've, we've, uh, you know, 
talked highly about him, uh, you know, for, at length for, for years. Uh, you know, even though we've been doing this one a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, you should have heard our conversations before the mics ever showed up. I, I, mean, I was uh, I was very impressed with uh, the kid, as uh, they were calling him uh, on the broadcast, uh, Balu Jean Ivetabla. Yeah, that's the uh, the gentleman that the reporter told us about. Yeah, local product. And this kid is just—I mean, he—he's. This is this is what um, I, I I'll and I'll get to this later. But this is what I feel like sort of the Red Bulls are missing a, a creative player like this. There's there there is he he just provides a little bit of just fun anytime he does a one on one. I mean, it's the equivalent of like when we when we get to see Jack Harrison do a one on one. We're like, oh, what's he gonna what's he gonna right, do? Right, here? right, 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 right. And every time he he's on a one on one, he's like he always just provides something exciting. It's like the feeling of wonder. Yeah. Like, Ooh, what can happen now? And uh, Montreal, for the most part, I think uh, outside of the last goal, just kind of. Got unlucky. I mean, they got just just uh, uh, unfortunate deflections, and Merrim just did the right thing. Yeah, Merrim got two lucky bounces to go his way. But I mean, look at the end of the day, when you get an opportunity, you gotta you gotta land it, right? You gotta, and he did, man. And let me tell you something. He's been bubbling. He's been bubbling for a hot minute, and I'm glad. I'm happy to see him first. His first career uh, hat trick. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to see all those things. And I also like the fact that they were still going for it at the end of the match. He wanted that hat trick. Mm-hmm. I think the last goal was scored in like ninety plus three. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's what you want to see. Uh, a couple of interesting things that I thought uh, that I found in the game. Uh, first, uh, uh, Arthur, the 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 midfielder who, yeah. who broke his hand against the Red Bulls, mm-hmm. was back, uh, and he came back with a giant yellow cast. Yeah. Uh, if you noticed, uh, mm-hmm. but it was the. I mean, it's. I, I've never really um, seen l- like a cast on a, a. You know, you see it in the NFL, right? Because you well, don't they really do, like need, the full hand wrap, they, a big hand yeah. wrap, and you can. You, they just have a club hand. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They can play without. It's like, really- oh, so you wrapped it in a weapon? <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, and this and. It, the the cast seems for so- those of you who don't watch the NFL. Imagine someone made a cast of you while you were holding a cheeseburger. That's essentially <laughs> what it looks like. So it, it almost I don't know you don't I don't know you I don't know if you play video games very much, but it, it sort Just of looked FIFA. Um, it looked like Mega Man. Remember Mega Man? He had I that do big, remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that big the, the, the big gun cannon, shot the, the balls. <laughs> but it, it 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 looked that uncomfortable, right? And and it's interesting because it it to me I've not, I don't think I remember seeing a, a player break play with a broken wrist. Right. Uh, and and I know you don't use your hands in soccer. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, obviously, Arthur's not doing any of the throw-ins. Right. Uh, because he's going <laughs> to th- be throw him like an NFL yeah. football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Or they just start playing yakety sax as he goes to do it. <laughs> but um, it seemed like it, to me that, it, it, you know, even when I play, you, you do use your hands a little bit, especially defensively, just to put your hand on a guy, just to impede. It's a part of the feel of the game, too. Like, yeah. you put your hand on a guy and you could feel him move left or right. So you need your fingers, uh, yeah. you know, to, to kind of do, to, to play like at, at 100% to some right. to some extent. So it seemed a, a little odd that he was doing that. Another thing that I found, I, I don't know if you, you, you know this or uh, this was new to me, but... Iguain, I don't know if you uh, uh, if you saw this, but they he he had uh, he took a shot, he took a Rabona uh, right. that he missed, which and it was the most unnecessary Rabona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been amazing if he did it. If you landed, you're like that kid's got skill. <laughs> but but it, it, at that point, I mean, he had uh, uh, he was one on one with the keeper. Just use your left foot. Yeah, like there's no real issue. But I didn't know that Iguain's nickname was Pipa. Pipa. I've I, I mean, I've been watching MLS a while. 
never heard it. And then this season, all of a sudden, that's all I hear. People. Well, I, it also popped back up. I knew it, but I forgot it because we don't hear this all the time. Yeah. But the panenka that he hit, the 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 yeah. free the the, 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 yeah. the penalty that he did the, last the chip week. penalty basically is mm-hmm. a panenka. They're pipa with a panenka. I was like, oh, that's right, pipa. That's what they call him. Never heard it, and I'm all of a sudden. Why it, you like it or you hate it? I, I think it's fine, but the, what do you mean fine. You got to be one side. You like it or hate it. <laughs> Are you like? Do, are you upset no, you, you didn't know about it because you, know you want to call him that more? No, or? You know what it is. You know, it's like when you hear a new slang term and you're like, "No, this doesn't sound. Good. <laughs> yeah. this, does, this is not going to work out." Yeah, I'm not going to be using "throwed" anytime <laughs> soon. Like when, when I remember the first time I heard somebody say, "Yo, that shit is off the meat rack." Right when I heard that, because like obviously it was a derivative of off the hook. Yeah, uh, you know this is off the hook, and then somebody was like, "Yo, that shit is off the meat rack." Was past the hook sign. <laughs> well, first it starts off with the meat rack. Well, then it's off the meat rack. And then when I first heard that, I was like, "No, please, please leave, please leave my neighborhood." Yeah. And then like two weeks later, two weeks later, I'm like, "Yo, that shit was off the meat rack." Ah, <laughs> oh, would you get that? I just thought of it. Yeah, I try to get like you know when you when an audience is really good, everyone's like, "Oh, they're great" or "They're hot." Mm-hmm. When they're really, really good, like too good, like anyone could kill. I try to get wet. I try to get that to be the thing. Like, oh, dude, they're really wet, and no one, no, no one liked it. <laughs> Everyone hated it. I still it. think it's great. Everyone, I mean, like to like a man, they were like, "Yo, that's disgusting." Don't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. It, it makes everyone uncomfortable. It's like the word "moist" it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. That's a, I don't it's know like why. A, it's like a common thing. That's so stupid. That's like people afraid of clowns. Man up. That crowd was wet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they're super wet. I used to say that. <laughs> or they're too wet. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a good bookend to the, the foreskin stuff we were talking yeah. about before. So. Uh, the absolutely correct foreskin stuff we were talking about. Uh, so, obviously, Columbus looks good. And then... Um, Columbus is looking good. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of clubs at the top of the East right now that, that I can't tell who's going to finish at the end. Uh, my early pick was Atlanta, apparently. I'm a little wrong right now. Let's see what happens. Yeah, they're having a, they're having a tough time. But, uh, you know... I think it's because they've had that stretch of uh, away games. And, uh, I, you know, when I think, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is built, I think, you know, they'll 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 get those points that they that they lost for sure uh, sort of in this time. And uh, another thing, uh, Montreal Impact, they uh, they got that they got a new designated player, uh, Swiss or Swedish. Oh, wow. What's his name? Uh, Blerim Zimali. Yeah. Yeah. Zimalian. Uh, not Zimalian. Zimali. Zimali. Yeah. And he was a. Uh, he he just got signed like a week ago. Yeah, about a week, a week ago. ago. And he uh he looked pretty good. And I, I think whenever there's a designated player obviously signed, I, I think it's a little odd to to start them immediately. Don't you think? I mean just and it's also like a good like they were losing I mean, well he started, right? He started. So yeah. I didn't see the match, but he um yeah, I would bring him in maybe the seventieth minute. You know, give him a little bit of a chance to like see the pace. I agree, I, yeah. as opposed to starting. And uh, when it, I just thought that when it for uh, for the chemistry sake, right? You know, with a guy like Piatti who likes having the ball. Uh, you know, uh, Mancosu. There's a there's a certain who was injured. He didn't play. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but th- there's a there's a certain uh, chemistry that you don't want to kind of mess with. Right. And Zamali, I thought. He was a little too aggressive, like as opposed to connecting a couple passes with, you know, you don't even know these guys. You don't know what really what right. they're capable of. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the one thing I was a little bit surprised with because they did give up two early goals. And I, mean, I would never say that it, it's his fault, 
But again, it's just like messing with the chemistry. Yeah, it's just, just get him out of here. Yeah, I think you're done. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he did look good, and he and he was uh, playing aggressive, and you know he he uh, he I forgot who he got fouled by, but it was the center back for from Columbus, and ended up the, the center back ended up ripping his uh, his shirt. Yeah. Uh, just in this, he just he just like yeah he he did the get it get into prison and fight the biggest guy. Yeah, yeah take out the biggest <laughs> guy the, you see. Yeah, take so out they weren't playing Portland. <laughs> <laughs> pal exactly yeah good remember. god <laughs> so uh yeah so montreal they have a, a lot to figure out they're, they're obviously they're only five points away from a playoff uh position yeah it's not too late it's not too late to make some changes and hopefully the zamali guy comes in and uh you know shift some stuff around exactly so um uh let's uh, let, uh let's also talk about uh chicago and seattle and then get to our interview because yeah. this was uh See, uh, again, Se- completely unexpected, <laughs> very unexpected. And again, the Seattle Sounders, uh, the, this another weirdly disappointing uh, season. It's just like a little bit of these, these poor results. But look, they, you know, they had a really bad season, fire their manager and still won the MLS Cup. So I'm not too worried about them right now. But I will say is the, so term- the, the answer is fire Brian Schmetzer and, and you bring in win. Shiggy Schmidt <laughs> or who's Brian Schmetzer's assistant. They yeah. just said the assistant has got the juice, baby. Exactly. Uh, that's how you get your MLS Cup. And then and then whoever it is has to hate me. That's part of winning an MLS Cup. Uh, that, it just goes keeps going down the line. Eventually, like in, in 10 years, the ball kid is, yeah. is the coach. Is the coach. <laughs> He's they, like, I guess I got to hate this guy, Alexis, uh, in order to win. Um but is the term capitulation? Am I using it correctly? Are they are they falling apart? What is it? I wouldn't say they're falling apart uh, per se. Uh, look, they're they're only three points away from a playoff position. They they got to the MLS Cup, uh, I, I believe, in fifth or sixth place. Um, last, yeah, uh, I don't think anyone's worried about them so uh, so to speak. But I think if you are a uh, Seattle Sounders fan, you're expecting a lot more. Look, the Dempsey goal was dope. Yes, but you're expecting a lot more. Yeah, I think what's uh, kind of surprising is, uh, you know, Roman Torres didn't play. Right. Uh, I think the the defensive issues that they did not really have at the end of last season. You you, you know you you sort of thought they would still have that 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 defensive presence right. at the beginning of this year, and they they do not. Yeah, uh, they 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 can look look what happened against the the Revolution. They they concede. Uh, just wait. I mean, obviously they couldn't see too many goals, but you don't, you don't see that, uh, that confidence, that, that, that strength, uh, that bullying that they kind of did at the end of, uh, of last season. Yeah. They're not, uh, they're not playing like grown ass men. Yeah, that's a sh- uh, yeah, that's a shame, you know. That's it. I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what Schmetzer's going over I mean, right now. There were a, a, a couple controversial uh, moments in this game. Obviously. Uh, uh, Nikolic, um, the, the penalty on him, the penalty, which um, I watched Simon Borg's video. Yeah. Just to kind of get a closer look. Cause I knew that was going to be probably the first thing they talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I still don't hate the call. I do hate the call. I, I, I think Nikolic overacts, but still there was contact, but I mean, he, he clearly got the ball first. I, I, I believe it was, Oh, what's that's not the only thing you need for it to not be a pen. You know what I mean? No, I I understand that, but the, but there wasn't any. Um, uh, to me, there wasn't any sort of uh, I don't know malicious in, intent. Alfaro, it was uh, uh, Tony Alfaro. I thought he got the ball. I thought he he got the ball first. He got it, he didn't 
he didn't go through the player in any real way. I, I think uh, uh, the, uh, the trailing leg hit him. No, no, the trailing leg, the 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 the, the leg that he did the tackle with hit him at way after he he uh, he hit the ball. And Nikolic did dive. I mean, there's no he didn't dive. He acted. He over. <laughs> I mean, he embellished is what he, he did. Uh, yes, well, he he accentuated. There you go. He accentuated uh, the, the contact, but the contact happened way after right. the ball was was struck, and it was. It's, I thought it was a good tackle. I, I was very surprised. I think that the referee didn't have a great angle. I think it was a, a little bit blocked. It, it just it seemed he seemed too certain, and it didn't it didn't look good. It, More controversial to me is Akam getting the uh, encroachment call on the penalty kick, the ensuing penalty kick. Yeah, this was this was. Ridiculous. And then here's the thing. I don't mind that. You know, I think uh, was Fry did step off the line early, right? No, but that's not why. I know that wasn't, thought. but that was also something. And then there was the encroachment from the player from that was behind him. Fine. Yeah, th- th- this was tough because there they was, they, they wasn't like the, a great angle in the live uh, feed right. of the game. And to me, I saw Bastian Schweinsteiger as the, the person who encroached first. Right, so then it shouldn't count because it was your own player. It's usually the opposing the opposing side exactly can't encroach. But here's what's more, more more controversial: they have to re-kick the penalty. Yeah, and then who comes up? Nikolic. Nikolic does. He's like, you know what, fam? I'm the one who got. I'm the one. Yeah, because Price yeah. stopped it. He stopped right. it. And Akam, that was a terrible penalty. Terrible penalty. But you got to give the guy a second shot. You know, this isn't this isn't a corner kick in a in a pickup game. So look, because in in the NBA, when there's a free throw and there's a a, a, a lane violation, uh, d- depending on if it's if it's the the team that's shooting the free throw, you lose you lose the opportunity for the free throw. If it's the uh, the opposing team, then you get to retake it. What what I heard was that both teams encroached, and that's why they had had it uh, retaken. That's what that was like the the ref uh, position after the game. Uh, yeah, but- I didn't see that. I saw Bastion like at least a foot and a half. Encroached before the shot was taken. Right, if that line was the the last defender, he would have been offside. Yeah, I think Bastion was the one who started, started the encroachment. So then yeah. everyone else was like, "All right, well, if he's gonna go, then right, yeah, you know." So it, it just, um, uh, it just, uh, it, look, I think Chicago would have won regardless, but this was a uh, a, a poor call from. I also think it's just a, you know, I mean, what happened to a how how do you give up the ball for to Nikolic to score there? To, to take the penalty. Oh, you think, wait, what do you think? Uh, David is soft all of a sudden? I was, it's a bitch move. You give up the ball like that. That's exactly, I've been talking about this from the beginning. You know, you, you can't do that. You got to go back up there and you got to, you got to write the wrong. You just, you, you tore a terrible shot. Yeah. Alexis is very concerned with the optics and like, well, bro, how you, you going to, are you a man or, yeah. or, or not? I mean, <laughs> dog, if I'm talking to you about this, it's obviously a big deal. <laughs> uh, I'm not concerned with the optics. I'm saying that's a that's a team. You know, yeah, it looks like you got no heart. You know, well, it's it's similar to uh, remember uh, last year with uh, Kai Kamara and and Pipa. And Pipa, remember they got into a little thing because Kai Kamara wanted that. Hat that trick. was enough to get the guy off the club. That you got to stay on your ground is what I'm saying. <laughs> Who? So you think? Well, Kai Kamara did stand his ground, and now he's in a new team. So, and <laughs> so you think he was right in that? Don't look like a bitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> you know, you got all you have is your word and your balls, and he used both in that sense. Okay, again, we remind uh, female listeners we want more female listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we want you to also disagree with me. Apparently, hopefully, uh, this stuff relates to you, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah. you know, because women always say you only got your word and your balls. <laughs> only, yeah. I only hear that from women. Uh, well, it was Mother's Day, so <laughs> you must have been listening to my mother's conversation with me. It's old Daisy Guerrero. Uh, so yeah, Chicago uh, obviously won uh, four to one, and uh, great. Uh, Overall, they uh, played well. Bastion, again. Uh, Dax, I thought Dax was incredible uh, this game. Uh, Bastion was doing doing his thing. Just great passes. Uh, you know, it, it, when, when Bastion got here, I was like, I don't really, I don't really know what to expect out of him. And, yeah, I mean, I shit on the move, too. And I, But I didn't... Uh, well, I didn't shit on it. I was just like, I don't know oh, what God, he's going to do. Were, I mean, no one heard it because the mics were out, but you were just like, you were vicious. You were savage. But, but I was... Uh, I, I didn't uh, predict him to be this, uh, uh, this Pirlo-esque gonna just picking teams apart with great passes no and, and, and you brought up uh something last week where uh you know he sort of talked badly about the that's level right. of the team i don't think we did this on the we podcast. didn't do, we didn't do this on the podcast we talked about it on fifa news and th- this was a thing very quickly we we should uh, uh, yeah at least address because i i've been hearing about it more taylor twelman did a uh an interview with him as well and yeah, Bastion. And he did, had to address it. Yeah, yeah, he did talk oh, about really? it. Really, and, and, and it was what well, the interesting part was. What happened was? Did you, are you about to see, say? See what happened was. What happened like, was. Yo, this my, my dude. Fam, you should have been there. <laughs> there I done seen it all. <laughs> uh, if you didn't hear, uh, t- uh, Bastion Schweinsteiger said that um, he expects better runs. The players aren't making the runs that he expects. Um, they lose the ball too easily. He kind of shit on them, but then he was like all lighthearted, like, "Well, I mean, that's why they're playing here. If they played, if they did it." The <laughs> things i'm talking about they'd be playing in europe right yeah and that, that was uh a lot of people were like you definitely shots fired at mls but but and some people n- nobody disagreed nobody we, we sort of understand yeah and, and they were talking about taylor twelman was talking about this in uh during the game about um uh about how like this is it's obvious like nobody nobody has the argument that um, um duke basketball is is better should should be better than an, an nba team you know right. like we understand that this is that and and people still watch it. It's, it's, it doesn't need to be a, a critique of of why you watch it. Right? Or don't watch exactly. It. That doesn't mean it's a bad. It's not a fun league to watch. It just means that right now our level isn't where a lot of established clubs are in Europe. And the th- which and the, makes sense. Yeah, which t- makes total sense. And and the thing that um I was most bothered with is not that he said these things in general. But that he made them public, right? So this is like what what he did say. Wait, you had a problem with that? What he did say, he, what he criticized his teammates, and he said that they're not doing what we're okay. what we discuss in team training, and they're not following uh, uh, sort of what we practice. You're right. I and, forgot that he said that part. Too. And that is the thing where it's like that. Uh, maybe as like a you know coming from Europe. I mean, even coming from Europe in England. You say something like that, the media oh will lose. God. I mean, you're, you're you're in every tabloid. That's for, it for talking shit. Yeah, Eurovision, that stupid <laughs> singing competition. They're going to be talking about the fact that you said that. Yeah, yeah. and and that is a, a thing. To me, it's a little not classy for him to kind of put throw his teammates under the bus. It was it was in bad taste for yeah. sure. It was it wasn't tactful in any way, shape. It was lacking tact. <laughs> well put Because I didn't understand I was like What's tactful yeah. I don't know Oh yeah. that's, Or tactless yeah. <laughs> Tactless is the other one I was trying to search for Yeah It certainly wasn't talcum powder That was not 
So, um, so uh, yeah, so um, Chicago, obviously, they, they'll, uh, you know, they're figuring some stuff out and it's good to see them uh, where they are. Seattle needs has a lot of work to do still. Yeah. Uh, but we have to get to our interview with Steve Lacuani. For sure. Obviously, um, a great dude. And we, we, we talked to him about a lot of stuff. We talked to him, about, obviously, about, about the Sounders, about uh, MLS Cup, about, you know, retiring at a young age and also grime. Yeah, man, we talk a little bit about grime. We also talk about his recovery period, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just a great interview. I had a lot of bl- I had a lot of fun, even though technically we haven't done it yet. We're about to. <laughs> I mean, right, guys? Exactly. Uh, keep that going. Uh, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break and then uh, we'll we'll uh, start our interview with Steve. We got to get him on the phone, and then we'll come back after that. Sound good? Yep. All right, we'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that first segment. We got some nice news. We've got a new sponsor. Yeah, we do. It's yeah. exciting. We're, this is a big one, too. Yeah, yeah, we're excited to be working with these guys. Uh, we absolutely love this publication. We read Howler. We've done a video. The Pierlo Taste Test was uh, Howler's creation, and we did a video for it. We absolutely love Howler. If you don't know what Howler is, it's a, it's part magazine, part art project, really. And they really do a deep dive into the soccer uh, world. They cover stories that no one else covers. It's absolutely incredible, and it's all based in America. It's an American soccer magazine. Magazine, and it is the most beautiful American soccer magazine. Exactly. It is a, it, it's a, a physical magazine. It is not just an online. They do online publications. And Great stuff like online that. stuff. Great online work. But it, it's every every uh, every magazine that they put out, it, they feel like a collector's item. So Absolutely. They're a cool thing to just have. Uh, uh, I mean, you can always look through them. I mean, they, they, it's like having a, a, almost like a. Uh, a snapshot in history of soccer every right. time you have every time you have a physical copy of that magazine it's almost like a quarterly table like coffee table a book very it's, much so, yeah, yeah really cool so if you guys go to shop.howlermagazine.com that's shop.howlermagazine.com you can get yourself the magazine and if you use Cooligans as your promo code you're going to get 20% off exactly so do that you will be supporting the show you'll be getting a great uh, uh, soccer magazine and uh, just a, a piece of yeah, like like Alexis was saying, a piece of art uh, on your coffee table. Uh, you know, every couple of months, it's a great uh, it's a great magazine. We love it. Uh, and if you want to help out the Cooligans, you want to help out Howler. Subscribe to Howler Magazine. That's uh, right. You're, you're gonna you're not gonna regret it. Absolutely. So just go to shop.howlermagazine.com. Again, that's shop.howlermagazine.com. Use the word Cooligans, C O O L I G A N S, and you're gonna get yourself twenty percent off, and you're gonna be helping us out, which would be awesome. That's right, baby. All right, we're back, guys. Uh, uh, and I'm I'm very excited about our next uh, guest. Me too. I think this is the first. Is this the? No, this isn't the first uh, retired player we've had. I forgot. We just spoke to Alexi Lalas. I mean, oh sure. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is uh, this is pretty cool. This is a really cool story. Um, some of you guys who've been watching MLS for a few years might remember this guy. You might remember, unfortunately, one one pretty harrowing play that he was a part of. Uh, but he made a comeback from it. I mean, coming all the way from, geez, from Congo to, to London to the U.S., uh, and then into all of our hearts. Oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, that's where he's sitting right now. Right now. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's heavy on our chest. But anyway, once again, uh, unless you're driving, put your hands together for the one, the only, Steve Zakuani, everybody. Hey, Steve. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. I know. Thanks for agreeing to be on. Are you, are you still based in Seattle now? 
Yeah, I live out in Seattle. Yeah. Okay, and um, so you really just want to be around rain all the time, huh? <laughs> well, I grew up, I grew up in London, so it's the same for me, man. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I mean, geez, yeah. <laughs> you went to California, and you're like, this isn't for me. You know, <laughs> I want it to be gray. Now, talk to us a little bit about because you mentioned you were uh, raised in London, um, but you're you're originally from uh, Congo, right? How old were you when yeah. you went to um, Tottenham, if I'm not mistaken? Um, I was four, so I grew up in the Congo. I was born in the Congo. But yeah. I didn't grow up there. I left at four and then spent pretty much my whole entire childhood slash teenage years um, growing up in London in a city called Tottenham. People might know Tottenham because of the team, but um, the city there is like, it's in the inner city, very rough neighborhood, but was a great place to learn to play. Uh, that's where I learned it. Um, it was about 50 minutes away from Arsenal, where I ended up playing eventually. But yeah, I grew up in Tottenham. Yeah, and you mentioned it's a it's a rough city. What what made the switch? What how did you end up in Tottenham? Um, t- does Tottenham have a big uh, Congolese population or? Yeah, it does. I mean, for us, our family it just was that um, my dad got a job um, in London. He got a job, so our whole family moved to London. But yeah, I mean, where I grew up in Tottenham was around. Um, it was just a bunch of different immigrants. I mean, there was people from the Congo. We had um, people came in from Jamaica. We had, you know, all African countries, Nigeria, Ghana, Ivory Coast. And then we also had like Romanians and Turkish people. And there were Somalians. It was just very, very diverse. I mean, the school I went to was probably 60, 70 percent um, immigrants. Um, so I grew up around people from all kind of diverse backgrounds. And we had white English kids, too. So. Um, that was the Tottenham I grew up in. It's still pretty much the same to this day as well. Yeah, Tottenham is famous for... Um, Tottenham and South London seem to be the two most famous spots for grime music, which you're a fan of, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, actually started in um, in East London. Tottenham's in the north of London. So um, grime actually started in the east of London. This was before it was called grime or anything. It just was a new kind of music. This is back in like the very, very late 90s, early 2000s. And then it spread all across London and about maybe in 2005, the mainstream media began to call it grime and it just stuck. Um, but it actually began in the east side of London and then it spread to where I lived in the north London and then south and west and everywhere eventually. But yeah, I mean, everyone from the, from the inner city is a big fan of grime. And how, I, I've seen you in other interviews talk about how, uh, you know, you grew up listening to American hip hop and American rap. Uh, how was grime received? Because I look, I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn, and when right. I first heard grime music, I'm like, "This is this makes me uncomfortable." Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so aggressive. <laughs> you, I actually thought it was on too fast. I was like, "We might have to slow this." I think there's something wrong with the record player. But it's funny. Uh, no, it is fast. But what it is is for us? That's just what we were used to, and that music was uh, that. The people that were doing grime weren't big stars, big artists. They were just your friend down the street, people from the neighborhood. I mean, they're big now and they're mainstream now, but back then it was just everyone did it. So it was just what we were used to. It was, you know, we were depicting our life um, growing up in the inner city of London. And I think now it's changed. You can get versions of it that are a lot slower and a lot less aggressive and threatening. But yeah, back <laughs> the... the the early stuff was very, very hard. It was very hard hitting. And it just was kind of like a lot of, you know, pent up frustration from teens um, growing up. Um, we can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With no, not that many opportunities or whatever. And so, but we related to it. It just was what we were used to. We all did it. Um, we all listened to it. And it just was a part of our culture. So you're saying you were friends with Dizzy Rascal back in the day? That was your homie? 
you know, Dizzy was like, uh, I'm glad you mentioned him. He was like the first one to cross over into the mainstream. But I listened to Dizzy back when he was like 17. He actually used to come. There was a radio station in Tottenham. Um, it was called Heat FM. Um, it was, I think, 96.6 FM on the dial. Um, Dizzy was from East London. So to come to North London was maybe like for him back then a 30, 45 minute um, train ride. And so he, I first heard him at 17 in a radio station in Tottenham. And then obviously he... I think in 2004, released his first album, the first Graham album, which did very well, and he became big. But I grew up listening to him. Uh, my older brother actually was in one of his music videos a few years back. But yeah, this is a legend. That's a Heat FM. Is that the, that was the pirate radio station, right? Pirate radio station, yeah. That, yeah. All, all of Graham was on pirate radio station where we would just steal the frequencies of actual real stations. And the thing about those pirate stations, they were never in the same spot for too long because um, <laughs> the the police would get wise to it and you'd have to move to it. It was like in rooftops. It was in people's basements. It was, you know, in different flats and apartments. Like it just, yeah. you, it, you it's like week when, to week. It's like when people had to move their trap house to like another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same thing. It's so funny. Here it's the house drugs in London. It's a radio station. They're trying to, they're music, trying to get the music yeah. out. But yeah. that's, it's interesting because like uh, I went to Brazil a couple of years ago and they have a music called Baile Funk, which is like their, their grime, their trap music. And, and it, radio stations don't want to play that at all. Radio yeah. stations don't want to play. Uh, they give away CDs uh, for free. That's yeah, the only way they get the music. They out. can't sell it at record stores because it's too divisive. The government doesn't like it. So it's a, it's a very similar, you know, with hip hop in general. I think when it, when a new hip hop scene sort of arises, uh, uh-huh. uh, like the the status quo is like, what? No, this is not. We won't allow this. This yeah, right. <laughs> this goes right, against everything right. we believe in. And it's kind of funny that you know, grime music kind of mimics soccer in America, where it's like this small. You know, this small yes. thing, this subculture, but now it's starting to become really big. You came, when did you come into the league? When did you come in? Because I know you've been around, what, 2011, 20, 2009? Yeah, I came in the first year of the Sounders, so 2009. Okay. Now, so you've seen this league grow from, what was it, 2010? They were trying to, there was the contraction and, and people thought the league yep. was going to fold at that point to where yep. we are now, where people are paying so much money for expansion. I mean, we're thinking of study. We're trying to find $150 million to see if we can get a Cooligans FC going. Cooligans United FC Sporting uh, to see if we can get that. I don't know if you got want to help with that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, now where it's at, where there's your, you know, people in Europe and, 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 and Saudis and everybody wants to get get in on this league how does that feel um i mean watching the growth is actually crazy because I, when i came in the league i think there was like 15 teams um and you know the level was still good there were still good players and stuff but the exposure that mls has just like through social media or through the tv contracts wasn't anywhere near what it is now and to now kind of be one foot on the inside you know because i still have a lot of friends in the league and i still watch but on the outside being retired, um, it's crazy to watch. It's like, it, it feels more like a legitimate league. Like you have not just one or two DPs um, around the league with a big name. Almost every team has big name players who, I, I look at someone like um, like a David Villa or a Giovinco. Guy, these guys seem like very committed to their teams. It's not the DP and the rest of them. It's just a part of the team now. I think that's the biggest difference for me where the top, top players and the rest of the team, it seems like one now and, that's helped market the league, I think, across to so many countries. Friends back home in England, I know now they watch MLS. Before they'd watch me because I was playing or someone they knew. Now they'll just watch an MLS game. So I think that crossover has been amazing. And it's helped bring in the guys they brought over. And I hope the league just continues to grow and the level grows and the exposure grows. It still is a young league, but I think now it's actually... 
a time where it can really make that big leap um, to the next level. And we know, uh, you know, you're, you're obviously doing the side, you do sideline reporting for the Seattle Sounders. I, I hear you from yeah. time to time. Uh, uh, what, so what was your impression of uh, the Sounders uh, winning the MLS Cup last season? We were at the MLS Cup and we couldn't believe they won it. Without yeah, we it. snuck on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whether that where uh, MLS hopefully is not hopefully Don Garber's not listening to this, but we snuck on the pitch during the trophy celebration. We were it was saying, pretty awesome. We were saying we shook some hands, said yeah. some hellos. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but but what did uh, you know? Obviously, the the match uh, in itself, Seattle Sounders did not get a shot on target, but ended up winning the right. MLS Cup. What, what did you think of that uh, performance and and just the whole playoff run? Yeah, I think I think the whole thing with Seattle, just being in Seattle since 2009, I think this team's always been successful somewhat. You know, we won um, the Open Cup, first three years in existence. This team's won a support show before. I think it's been to five Open Cup finals, winning four. I think I think that's a number. And then last year, all of a sudden, the team struggled, um, really, really struggled through the start of the year for many reasons. And then, you know, eventually the coach, the only coach we've ever known in Seattle, Ziggy Schmidt, gets fired. Um, and then his assistant, Brian Schmetzer, gets promoted up. And then a turnaround began. And it wasn't just because of that. You know, they signed Nicola Dero and you know Roman Torres came back from injury. And a few things happened and the team began to click. And then watching from that point on, it was just, it, it began to seem like destiny to a certain point because um, the turnaround was just so remarkable. Um, the energy around the city began to grow. And in that particular game itself, about the 70th, 80th minute in, when it became obvious that attacking-wise, the Sounders wouldn't do much today. Um, but Toronto just couldn't score. And then Stephen Fry made that save. I the just save. felt that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just was, you know, this is just meant to be. The Seattle, they're going to win. You don't do all of that. Have that turnaround. Have this kind of performance where it's just a really gutsy performance. And you're under pressure from Toronto. You maybe could have scored two or three goals on another day. You don't go through all of that and then lose. So I just felt that things were turning in Seattle's favor. And then when Torres scored his penalty, like everybody else, you know, I became a fan again. Um, just my friends, the city, the organization, you know, I'm good friends with the ownership, the GM, um, the coaching staff. Everyone, it just was happy um, as anyone who lives or is from Seattle or supports the Sounders would be. And it just meant so much to everyone there that um, it was great to be a part of. They do have a they do have a great fan base and and I think the 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 moment that highlighted how happy they were about uh, winning the MLS Cup was what Clint Dempsey uh, in the in the parade celebration. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, now Portland now, can't say like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounded like the dude from the Y. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> the and, mayor and that gets the fans going, man. And as that was one of the oh, things yeah. that the the fan base they were there early. You know, I think they only got fifteen hundred tickets, something like that. Their section mm -hmm. was wild for the entire match, and we were there, and it was absolutely freezing. Apparently, we 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 got media passes, but I think we got ancillary media because <laughs> every. <laughs> else was in a tent it was just me and christian and like four other dudes outside in the cold like let us in the damn tent yeah, yeah. You know? We, we know where we stand with the mls yeah mls yeah. like you yeah. invited but like you need to help clean the plates a little bit <laughs> you need to make your presence felt in a different way how did how did it feel watching it not being out there was that tough no, because I'd been retired um, a couple of seasons at that point. Oh, but don't so, say that. No. You tried to make a comeback, though. Were you inspired by After, that? Once I saw that, no, I'm joking. But no. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're like, I'm trying to get me a ring, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, for, for that particular one, no, I, I very much felt like a sideline reporter. I felt like someone who's on the broadcast team. Um, I didn't feel like a player. So it wasn't hard for me. I, I think it was hard for someone like Dempsey. Um, and I've spoken to him since because we actually roomed together this past preseason and that came up where he was on the team and couldn't play so 
it's harder from that perspective. For me, it wasn't because I was ready on the outside. Um, I had already began training with the team at that point. So maybe a part of me felt like a part of the team. But for the most part, um, it was just supporting the guys. Like I tried to do every game um, in, in an objective way. And that that probably was the pinnacle of any one of us who's been ever associated with a sounders to witness. All right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to ask about uh, just y- your story, especially your comeback. If, if people don't know, uh, you know, you were you were playing, uh, you, you got drafted by the Sounders and you you suffered, yeah. uh, you know, a very terrible injury uh, in 2011. Uh, but you did make a, a comeback about two years later, roughly. And yeah. uh, I, 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 you know, I've been watching, uh, you know, some of the, the videos you've been doing, uh, you put out online, just about uh, sort of that comeback and uh, how even that that story. Listening to talk you to you talk about it is easily inspiring, right? Uh, you know, right. And, I, and I can imagine a lot of people feel the same way. But I guess I'm just curious about, you know, where are you now? Maybe you can give a a, a brief synopsis on on kind of what happened and where you are now. Yeah, you know, I think people that are familiar with it know that, you know, I came out to Seattle in 2009 after spending two great years um, at the University of Akron. And that draft class that I came in with was very talented. Was that, sorry to interrupt you, but that was Caleb Porter still, right? Yeah, Akron, yeah. Caleb, yes, yes. He brought me over from England, actually. um, And um, him and his assistant coaches. So I played my freshman year, my sophomore year there for him at Akron. Then was drafted to Seattle um, with their number one pick. They were the expansion team. Um, and I was drafted, you know, same year with Omar Gonzalez, um, Rodney Wallace, AJ De La Garza, um, Chris Pontius. I mean, really wow. good players. I'm I'm leaving probably a, Graham Zussi. Um, I'm leaving a lot of guys out probably, but it was just a very talented draft class. And I came to Seattle and I was fortunate to come to an expansion team because no one had an established spot on the team. We all had to fight. And I ended up, you know, being the starting left winger on the team and played, you know, every game pretty much my rookie year. My second year was leading the team in scoring. Uh, my third year was probably on my way to doing something similar. Um, probably that's when I was playing the best football of my career um, in 2011. And then, you know, in the sixth game of that season, got suffered a broken leg in a game, very bad tackle. Um, and it's just one of those injuries where, you know, it, it's unfortunate when it happens. You've seen it happen before. You never expect that it will happen to you. It did happen to me. And then the thing that made it tough was just, because you can come back from that, but there was a lot of complications with it. And then with the surgeries and with nerves and all kinds of other things that just made it that much tougher. I eventually did come back. And I would say from the end of 2012 through midway through 2013, maybe, I can't remember now, but I felt fine. Uh, and the leg was healed and I was back in the starting lineup and was playing. And then I suffered a couple of groin injuries. And that is what sent things over the edge. Because before that, I never had any muscle injuries, but after you come back from such a big injury, you know, your body's not the same. And so the groin this week, and then it's the hamstring, and then it's the quad. And I never just recaptured for a long time my previous form. And then obviously end up going down to Portland to reconnect with Caleb Porter and Darlington Agby and some of my friends down there. And never, never quite worked out for me over there. Just couldn't stay fit for more than five, six weeks at a time. And then that's when I just decided to call it a day because for me, it was quality of life at that point became more important than trying to fight this thing and I probably could have played five six more years but just been a guy on an MLS roster and after having been one of the key guys in the Sounders attack I that wasn't for me I want if I was going to play then I had to contribute at a higher level and I wasn't able to do that so retired at the end of 2014 season 
And the past two years, been doing a whole lot of stuff, man. Just, you know, some things in football, some things not. And then this past off season, they talked me into thinking about a comeback. And <laughs> yeah, I, right. It must have really been hard to twist your arm there. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, no, what actually happened was I do a charity game out in Seattle every year for my foundation. And I bring out a lot of MLS vets, US soccer vets. You know, we had Jimmy Conrad and Landon Donovan and Duende Rosario. They all came out last year, Oguchi Onyewu. And then seeing Landon come back was probably the first domino to fall in my attempt because, you know, I talked to Landon and, you know, I listen, Landon's a great player, one of my favorite players ever um, to play against. And But in my charity game, I thought that I looked just as good as him. And I was like, if Landon can come back and he's 30, 34, <laughs> then, then there's a chance. So through that, talking to the Sounders ownership, the technical director, the coaching staff, it was like, let's just give it a try. You know, we'll never know. And so I trained towards the end of last season, leading up to the MLS Cup run. And then off-season worked out with Clinton Dempsey quite a lot because he was also coming back from some health issues. And then did preseason with the team and felt great in preseason. You know, never missed a training session. Body felt great. But something was just missing for me. And it was, um, one, I realized that to actually get back to my previous level uh, might take me several, several months. And I didn't want to go through that. I thought I could play on an MLS team. I could be under 18. Um, I could be you know, a sub who comes in, maybe start some games, but not the dynamic winger who was playing 90 minutes. And for me, if it wasn't going to be that, then it just wasn't worth it. And I was happy I gave it a try, but then you know, I let the team know that you know it's not going to happen this year. Um, it's not going to happen again. I'm at peace. I've walked away from the game. I'm enjoying my life now. And I can always look back on the run that I had. It was a great run. And unfortunately, it came to an end through injuries, but these things happen. So what's your, I mean, your goal previous was to win an MLS Cup, maybe make it to uh, Europe. What's your goal now? You know, now I do, I do a lot of things. You know, one of the things that happened when I retired was I sought a lot of advice from people. The great thing about um, the game of football is the people I got to meet. You know, some of them are people I grew up watching and eventually was able to establish friendships with them just through meeting them. Others is people that I met in the game. And I talked to as many people that I retired as I could. You know, everyone from, I mean, Thierry Henry retired that same year that I retired. And he was almost 40 at the time. So he was like, he'd had a long career and was going into retirement. It was kind of different to my situation. But I spoke to him. I spoke to one of my former teammates, a guy called Patrick Iani, who also retired at that time. So the, the main advice I got was just don't rush into anything. Take your time with what you're doing. So I dabbled in many things since then and I'm still kind of finding exactly what it's going to look like but I would say my main main goal is to move back home uh, within the next few years um, I run a foundation out in Seattle which you know gives out a lot of scholarships for kids and we'll do a lot of things here in Washington but eventually I want to go back to London um, not Tottenham but London um, <laughs> and then you made it out no reason to go <laughs> yeah, back yeah <laughs> listen I'm born and raised in Newark New Jersey so I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> oh, about uh, you know yeah, so I'm happy to be in New York, you know what I mean, for the last few years. A lot less bullet wounds out here for some reason. <laughs> but you, you know, is it hard for you? Because are you going to try to go to like Islington or Angel? Because you're an Arsenal guy. Yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. No, I mean, I'll live, you know, there's certain places I've already looked at that I want to live at, um, that I want to go and kind of settle down. And I, I do miss London from that perspective. But, you know, uh, I think that's that's really my goal. I don't have like career goals in that sense. I'm kind of finding out what works and enjoying like, three or four different things I'm involved in, different projects. And I just enjoy that. But 
um, I my goals are more just life wise. Um, where I want to live eventually, grow up, grow old at, and it's gonna be back home. And I can't wait to be back in that environment where I'm going to games again, Arsenal games or whatever, and being a fan of the game again after playing for so many years and then working in it for so many years as well. That's awesome. Speaking of Arsenal, what are you thinking about this year? I'm a big Arsenal fan. This is the first time in a very long time that I'm not celebrating St. Tottenham's Day. It's really upsetting me. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've been an Arsene Wenger in guy for a long time. This year, I'm like, yeah. move him over to the board. I don't know that yeah. what's what what's happening isn't working. Three men in the back. It's kind of upsetting me. Why are we switching yeah. formations for the first time in 20 years? You know, I'm yeah. very upset. Uh, but <laughs> where do you feel? How do you feel about all this? You know, I'll say this, man. I signed for the Arsenal Academy back in 1997. So this is like, I've been associated with that club for a very long time. Who else was and in your class? Do you remember any, did any, any of those guys in, pop? In the, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but a few years ago, Kansas City signed a winger called Ryan Smith. He was a left-footed guy. He was an English guy. He was only there for like half a year and then it didn't quite work out. But he was one of the best players, actually, I played with growing up. And he played really well for Kansas for like five, six games. And then just never really adapted to MLS. He was the class above me. Um, a guy who was a couple years under me was a guy called Jack Wilshire. Of course. And, and never he heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's because you're not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I really am a fan. <laughs> that upsets me. So there was a few. And then I, there's probably a lot of guys um, from my class. There are Actually, there are a lot of guys who actually um, play elsewhere now. The, mo the guy that MLS fans might know now, it's a guy called Jay Simpson, who just signed for Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've known Jay since we were like nine years old. He was the class below me, but he would actually play with us a few times. He was just a goal scorer even back then. And so I've known Jay for a long time. So just a lot of different players. But I arrived there, I think it was shortly after Wenger had just come. And he was still implementing changes. And you could feel it from the whole club down. We were nine years old and we, we were feeling some of the changes um, that he implemented. Just in the coaching style, the way we played. Um, the, the the system and we would actually get tickets to every home game because they wanted us to go and watch the first team so that we could um, learn from them and replicate what we did in our own academy games and they would quiz us on the guy in our position what did he do and so that I respect him so much for that and people at the club that I've spoken to that I'm still friends with coaches and administration people everyone thinks so highly of him but at the same time I think it's time for Wenger to go because uh, sometimes you just need a change for the sake of changing it. I mean, he's been there for 20 years. We haven't won the league since 2004. That was my last year of high school in England. Like, and I've had a lot of life to live since then. And to think that the last time I celebrated Arsenal winning the league was back then. And even a serious, serious title challenge hasn't happened in so long. So just from that perspective, and we've always kind of fallen back on, well, we're top four every year, Champions League every year. And I'll dish it, that might not happen. So. Yeah, I which is, you know, it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive to build it a new is. stadium and to pay off all the debts. Yeah. But, but we did it, you know, and let's, <laughs> let's, let's can we, can we win? <laughs> can we win a little something right now? I've been, I've been, I don't know if you listen to this show. If you listen to the show, you know, I've been yelling uh, for right. Sampaoli. I think Sampaoli over at oh, Sevilla yeah. would be the yeah. perfect. And he's Chile. He managed the Chilean national team. So Alexis will stay. We'll bring in uh, Vidal. I don't know. Sounds like a win-win. <laughs> and his, and he's a little better at Pochettino's own style. So back to, you know, North London is red again. Oh my God. I'm amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's, um, yeah, he's actually really good. I actually was advocating for Thierry Henry, but that that was kind of an initial emotional response just because when I grew up, he was like the messy. Of, of course. The, of, he was something else. And so 
I maybe he's a few years away from actually um being ready to be a coach. I, I know he probably thinks he can do it right now. And I would love to see just um anyone who kind of has the new ideas. Wenger's ideas to an extent, maybe like from the old school now. So Sam Pauli would be a good one. Um, the guy at Juventus, um, Allegri. Allegri would be um, great. Yeah, he'd be great. So I think anyone along those lines for me at this point, man, I think, I think just, just a change, yeah. As soon as Zizou took over at, at Real Madrid and it went well, everyone's like, all right, let's bring yes. back our legends. You know, so right. Arsenal fans, you there's two types of Arsenal fans. Either they want Thierry Henry back or they want Bergkamp because he's been coaching for a while too. Oh, yeah. So I say yeah. bring them both back. We'll have two managers, right? <laughs> Put them both on the sideline and 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 everyone's going to be so afraid to mess up because you've got two legends there and and yeah all right so uh one one last question uh uh that i was curious about also so after after your injury obviously it was a very public your comeback was very publicized it was uh it was, uh-huh. on, it was on national television uh but the the moment that was uh you know obviously very surreal for a lot of people was your ability to forgive, right? Uh, because uh-huh. the 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 man who who did uh, uh, who you, who did tackle you and did uh, injure you, right? Uh, um, I I forgot his first name. Mullen uh, was I forgot his his first name. Brian Mullen. Brian Brian Mullen. Brian Mullen. Um, yeah. But a- after the match, you uh, traded jerseys uh, with mm-hmm. him, and watching that, you know, for me personally, I'm just like if if somebody even cuts me off. Driving, right. I'm. I, I <laughs> yeah. can't even. You're dead to us. <laughs> yeah. So, right. right. Uh, what What did it take for you to get to that point of being able to forgive uh, at that level? Yeah, I mean, great question, man. You know, it, it. It honestly, it took a lot because w- what happened was when the injury initially happened, I kind of right away I knew this is done. I've seen these injuries before, and. It was April, and I knew that my season's done. I'm not playing again this year. And I was okay with that. I came to terms with that. And it was that night when I was in a hospital, had my surgery, and I woke up the next morning. He had made some quotes, and my agent and myself were talking about it. And it was something like, you know, I've made that tackle a thousand times. I'll do it again. And that's the thing that pissed me off, because it was like, you know, I'm lying here in hospital. My career's in jeopardy. And you're saying you do that tackle again. I don't think, but when he said that, I don't think he realized the extent of what was going on. And then a few of his teammates who were my friends visited me in the hospital. And then we, we, we got word that he wanted to visit. But, you know, I had like my parents there, my friends there. And it was like, there's no way he can come here. Like he just wouldn't be welcome by them. Yeah, my they, mom is they, just going to crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, my mother be no waiting way. for him, break his knee, be like, how's it feel, dude? <laughs> exactly. So it's just, they were like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. So I, I told my agent, I said, like, you know, let them know that, you know, we're not going to do that right now. So then the first kind of couple of weeks after that, you know, I was just focused on having my surgeries and trying to get back home to Seattle. And once I did that and then, okay, I was able to process what happened. A lot of people reached out to me, you know, and I don't like to kind of, sometimes I don't like saying these stories, but I feel like I can probably say it here. Um, the first person to actually ever email me, I received thousands of emails when I was injured from everybody around the world, um, friends back home, people that didn't know me, people that don't watch the game, who just got wind of the story. But the first person to actually email me was David Beckham. And wow. that that was, you know, I'd, be, I'd played against LA, we had a rivalry back then, and he knew I was from England, and we'd had small talk, but I didn't expect that. And the thing he said in an email was just, I had an Achilles injury a few years ago. They told me I'd never play again. I've come back and I've won a couple of championships. So he was, oh, I've won a championship. So he was saying like, um, use every ounce of energy on your comeback. Don't think about anything else. And I took that to mean like even being bitter towards Mullen would 
take away from my comeback attempt. So that was it. The decision was just made that every ounce of energy I have has to go into my rehab and my PT and then eventually my training. So I just began to focus on that. And then what one of are you you guys New York City FC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk about yeah. the whole league, but we're we are season ticket holders at NYCFC. Yeah, sure. but w- one of my good friends, like even someone like Rodney Wallace, for example, who you guys are getting familiar with now, like yeah. I've known Rodney for a very long time, and we would talk because he had an injury back then, it wasn't as serious as mine, but we would talk too, and they all were saying the same thing: just focus on your recovery. And then after three or four months, I realized that like, I haven't even thought about Brian Mullen. I'm just thinking about coming back, and so. Then it became easy. It's just I didn't really think about him. I just thought about playing. I'd played against him before and nothing happened. So there wasn't any premeditation. So that made it easier too. It wasn't like he came out to get me. He made a very bad decision. Um, he was frustrated. He didn't get a call. It was like the third minute of the game. Like I was barely getting warmed up. So it just was, it didn't make any sense for him to do what he did. And I think he immediately regretted it. And I was able to let go because I realized it wasn't personal. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible thing that he did. But if I had any hope of ever playing in this league again, um, I had to focus on my comeback. And then I think when I began to say that publicly, people didn't believe me because they were saying, no, you should be a little bit angry, but I really wasn't. So the trading jersey swapping shirts was almost just kind of, I'd let it go, but in order for everyone else to kind of get closure on it, I think it was important. It was a national TV game. Um, it was my first minutes since the injury. And I knew that the cameras were on me. So once I did that, people barely talked about that situation from that context again of how are you and Brian Mullet because they saw us swap shirts and that's why I did that to put put the whole thing to bed, let it go, and then at that point I could really move on and focus on trying to come back. How many uh, how many Tottenham Roadmen did you have to call down, tell them not get on the plane? Uh, you know, <laughs> man, listen, man, that is funny because so many of my like I grew up, you know, where I grew up is you know it is what it is, and so many of them I'm still in touch with them, my friends, and they would watch the games I would play and. Um, it was just funny to me, guys who are probably like, they're probably selling drugs in and out of jail who stayed up to 4 a.m. to watch an MLS game. But um, <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what was happening. But yeah, all of them, they, they reached out to me, man. But it wasn't, not not in that sense, I'd do something to Brian Mullen, but it was very aggressive, very, you know, hey, get get us a ticket. We'll be on the first plane over if you need anything, kind of like that. So yeah, they were yeah. still very protected. Of that's pretty way. awesome. But, when yeah, uh, when so, I first started performing stand-up, I would have friends from Newark come out to watch me. And Uh they would all, you know, comedians like will joke on each other. The host will make a joke about if you had a bad joke or something before. And they'd all come up to me after the show and be like, hey, you want us to handle this? That dude's disrespecting (laughs) you. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Everybody needs to calm down. They're trying to perform here again, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, they'd be like two drink minimum. They don't even have Cavassier. We're like, why are you drinking Cavassier at a comedy club? You're not in a Diddy video. Um, (laughs) I mean, but but Steve, that that is, uh, that's incredible. I mean, it it is uh, the level of maturity it takes and, and for for a young man to 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 feel that way after you know a severe injury, I mean it, it's nothing but uh, admirable and for sure and inspiring. Yeah, because we watched yeah, it I and we it. got angry yeah. watching it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and you know what my help is all. I've never actually watched it back. Um, I've never. You've never yeah, seen it. I've never watched it back. People have told me, you know, and the only time I accidentally almost saw it was the week after I was in hospital in Seattle. The Sounders were playing at home to Toronto. I had the game on and um, ESPN replayed it or, I, or someone replayed it. And I ended up looking away just at the right moment. But I've never actually watched it back. And Because for me, it's like I don't want to relive it in that sense. Like I've relived, as you can imagine, that moment a million times. Uh, if this had gone different, that had gone different. Because the question you're always going to ask is where would my career have gone? You know, would I, where would I be? When I, sometimes I watch like, 
in a fun way that my friends like Darlington Mag or someone like that. And I watch what they're doing. Then I wonder, you know, had I not got injured, where would my level have been? And we talk about that amongst ourselves as well at times. But that was maybe like a year after retiring. Now, I barely get that because I'm so kind of at peace and content with life. And I've accepted that it happened. And I just look at it as in, you know, what I, the body of work I did at Akron in college and in the pros the first three years or so can't be taken away is what it is. And then the injury happened. So I kind of learned to make go. But yeah, something that might actually help me is the fact that I've never actually gone to watch that video. Well, if anything, if this relieves any of that, you might not be on the phone with us right now. If, if that had not happened, <laughs> your career would be different, you know? So think about wow, it. Wow. I mean, right? Career highlights. <laughs> You'd not the, be talking to the Cooligans right now. What a silver lining. <laughs> 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 but honestly, Steve, uh, just uh, incredible. Just uh, thank you for your being on the call. Thank you for talking to us. And, and you know, even though I, I'm trying to like e even sympathize or even empathize as to what happened, and, and I know I can imagine the like it, it's sort of like someone telling me like you can't do stand up comedy ever again. And, right, right. And right. so, so that kind of law, that fear, you know, that that even I think about that also. I'm like, what if I can't do stand up right. at some point in my life, and that. Uh, I, and just thinking about that, how much uh, turmoil that can cause. Uh, right. When I think about you, and uh, and even though something bad happened in your career and it didn't go exactly how you wanted it to go, it it, it can inspire more, even more meaning in what you're doing yeah. now. So yeah. uh, you know that that is a very uh, like uh, admirable for sure. Admirable, and then and gives you uh, and gives people a sense of purpose, even yeah. though, even if it's not exactly what the, right. the, the the path they thought they were going to be on. And your story beyond playing soccer, or you know, something yeah. that we were all in tune to. You know, we're all seeing your, your sideline reporting, and we're all we're all right. inspired every time. So we're going to continue following you, and we'd love to come check out that charity match. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah. We just well, yeah, well, yeah. If you guys ever can make it out, honestly, man, we invite pretty much. Anyone who retires, I keep my eye on so I can try and get into my game. And then we have a bunch of former Sounders guys. This year, we haven't actually Chad Portal Singles coming out to us. Oh, okay. Yeah, when is it? When uh, is it? It's on July second in Seattle. Oh. Um, and Marshawn Lynch will be with us again with us this year. Which I mean, if you're going to see Marshawn Lynch trying to tackle Jimmy Conrad or something like, you'll never see anything <laughs> like that anywhere else. So he'll be here with us. So it's going to be yeah. We do that game. Uh, it's the first half is usually a real game, and then second half we kind of throw in some comedic elements and fun bits to it. But yeah, it's, oh, nice. it's a really cool event. Yeah, yeah. We just hosted the NY Fest out here, and it's sort of the same thing. Okay. They take it a little yeah. too serious, and then some people are just having fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll come out and check that out. And uh, where can everyone yeah. follow you? Um, Twitter, man, it's just my name, Zakawani11. And honestly, when I played, I was barely on Twitter, but now I'm like always on there. I reply to everything, I see everything. So like, I interact on Twitter. Um, I try to share my thoughts on Sounders and MLS and stuff when I can. And, you know, Instagram is all Steve Zakawani11, just social media, the usual. I, I probably have a website. I can't remember if I have one, but um, I don't know. It's uh, probably. Well, hit him up. And Americans, if you're listening and you don't know anything about Grime, ask Steve. Oh, yeah, He'll right. talk to you. He'll send you some links. <laughs> yeah, He's going to send absolutely. you some stuff that's going to blow the speakers <laughs> off your car. Absolutely. But you're from Brooklyn. I'm just going to say that my favorite musician of all time is Biggie. That there is, you go. Uh, of my course. That's, that's the best rapper. So I'm just going to put it out there. Well, now you're spreading love the Brooklyn way. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. how good is that? Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Steve us, Steve. Exactly. Thanks, guys. man. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. And guys, we'll be right back after this. 
Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to The Cooligans. Uh, we're going to ask you to help us out just a little bit. You've seen some of the shirts we're wearing. They're on the Volley Apparel. They're absolutely incredible. It's kind of like a hip-hop, soccer theme type of whole a clothing brand. They're absolutely incredible. Yeah, you can wear the stuff, uh, you know, to... to to the outside you got where to hang out you can wear what you know it's gear you can wear it to play you can wear it to the white house you can wear it to the trap house yeah, exactly either <laughs> you can wear the same outfit to both of those places <laughs> and maybe for some people that's the same house so uh you could absolutely wear it at all different occasions it's really cool and guess what if you use the code cooligan c-o-o-l-i-g-a-n-s you're not only going to get 20 percent off but we're going to get some of that money which is really cool yeah you'll be supporting uh, the cooligans by just buying fly clothing right so you save money and we make a little, which we're going to pump all back into the show just to help promote it and get more people listening, which would really help us out. So you want to look fly for the summer? Go to go to onthevolleyapparel.com. Go get yourself some gear. How about you save some money by putting in the word Cooligan, C-O-O-L-I-G-A-N-S, and we make a little scratch. Doesn't that sound good? Huh? It's not sound, bad. Not good. Sound good? It's like our own little trap house. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, they also sell cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Not, maybe not cocaine, but go out and buy yourself. That discount's not going to work on coke, but it will work on dope gear. Also, if you're buying cocaine, don't mention the Cooligans at all. Don't say the Cooligans at all. We're not going to make any money off of that. We promise our parole officers. Check out onthevolleyapparel.com. Man, that was a great conversation. Wasn't that fun? Steve's a good dope dude. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's cool to, um, you know, we met a lot of different people uh, doing this. Doing, yeah. uh, 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 and 